Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this edition of Next on the Tee. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I'm excited to have two great friends back with me on the show. First up today, I'm going to get a return visit from Hall of Fame caddy and the founder of the Professional Caddies Association, Dennis Cohn. I've always had so much fun when Dennis has been a part of the show because not only you know does he have great stories to share, but he's such an upbeat person. He does such great things for kids, for our veterans, for so many people. So I really look forward to talking with Dennis. He'll be along uh, to join me here in just a few minutes. Following Dennis, I'll get a return visit from 10-year-old phenom Avery Zweig and her father, Ivan. Uh, Avery is, you know, has won just about everything there is to win in her age bracket. She is now stepping up to play in, in the uh, 11 to 12-year-old bracket in some of the tournaments, and even all the way up to the 18 and under bracket. And she's still often the best player out there in those golf tournaments. Her goals this year include playing in the U.S. Open qualifier and, and, and in fact, all four USGA event qualifiers as well. So a lot to get into with Avery and Ivan when they join me a little bit later on in this half hour. So we've got a lot of great stories to share with you coming your way today. Thank you so much for being here and taking the journey with me over the next hour or so. Next on the Tee is sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondinero about the great things that they're doing up there. Looking to stage a truly unique outing or meeting? Take the easy ride to historic French Lick Resort in southern Indiana. From 10 people to 2,000, we invite you and your group to share our amazing history and state-of-the-art amenities. Girlfriend getaways, family reunions, weddings, golf outings, all the way up to major business meetings, conferences, and events. We've got you covered at French Lick Resort. See all that we have to offer at FrenchLick.com. Traditions live here. Yeah, be sure to go to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great a place it is and to book your stay. And speaking of great, if you joined me a few weeks back, you heard about the meteoric rise of the Bradley Putter Company from concept back on Black Friday last year to one of the sensations at the PGA Merchandise Show in January. Bradley Converse, the owner of uh, Bradley Putters, joined me last month, and, and we're proud to be pon- uh, uh, partnering with Bradley to help promote their unique and outstanding line of putters. They're made from burl wood, folks, and these aren't ornamental putters. People are raving about the look and the feel of Bradley Putters, and I'm excited, you know, looking forward to getting mine. They are custom-made based on the shape and the colors that you like. So go online to BradleyPutters.com to see for yourself how fantastic this new line of putters really is. I also want to give a shout-out to our friends over at the Bobby Jones Company. Folks, it's that time of year, right? Spring, right? It's time to freshen up your wardrobe with fresh new colors and additions that have genuine, enduring character from Bobby Jones of Bobby Jones Company. Their new polo-style shirts, you know, long-sleeve button-down shirts, tech shorts that are ready to hit the links or any warm-weather outing that you might be uh, going to. The Bobby Jones brand will keep you feeling great and looking great, either on the golf course or in the office. And when you place your order, enter the promo code next on the T to get 10% off. So you can freshen up your wardrobe from an iconic brand, save a little money too. So go to bobbyjones.com and enter the promo code next on the T to freshen up your look for spring. Plus, while you're in a Bobby Jones frame of mind, go to bobbyjonesclubs.com to see the great line of drivers, fairway woods, and hybrids designed by one of the game's most influential equipment designers, Mr. Jesse Ortiz. Like his father, Lou, and Bobby Jones himself, you know Jesse has a passion for golf and golf club design. You remember his great uh, tri-metal fairway woods from his days back at Olimar. Well, now he's putting his creativity and his innovative designs to work creating great equipment for the Bobby Jones Company. 
Check them out check them out online by going to bobbyjonesclubs.com. And I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Callaway Golf. Callaway has been the fastest growing golf brand since 2013 and the Chrome Soft Golf Ball has been a, a major part of that. I love the Chrome Soft, the Truvis design, you know, looks like a little bit like a soccer ball. Love the yellow and black. You know, I'm a Steelers fan, so that yellow and black resonates with me. Chrome Soft is extremely fast, incredibly soft, and unbelievably easy to control, which is why Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Jim Furyk have changed over to the Chrome Soft. You have to be willing to change to get better, right? Well, Chrome Soft and the new Chrome Soft X are in stores now. See what they can do for you in your golf game at CallawayGolf.com. Chrome Soft, it's the ball that changed the ball. And every week here on Next on the Tee, you know how we love to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women that are out there serving in every branch of, of our military who are tuning in around the world today on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We want to thank all of you for your daily sacrifices that you and your families are making to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans out there for all that you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through your collective strength and your efforts that our way of life continues to be possible. So, folks, if you happen to see a member of our military when you're out and about in your daily life, wherever you might be, grocery store, restaurant, airport, please stop for a moment and tell those folks thank you. They are the ones who should really be our true heroes, right? Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and all the great folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. What an honor for us it is to have Next on the T as a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Dennis Cohn. Let me give you some more background on Dennis. He is the founder and CEO of the Professional Caddies Association. He has also served as the president of the Junior Golf Association of Central Florida. He was inducted into the Caddy Hall of Fame back in 2011, and one of his latest ende endeavors is called Blast and Cast. It helps children with cancer, you know, which is going to be a theme of the show today. You'll hear a little bit more about that when uh, uh, Avery and Ivan join me as well. But I'm thrilled to have Dennis back on the show and next on the tee with me this morning. Good morning, Dennis. Thank you for coming back on the show. How have you been, my friend? Doing great, Chris, and uh, certainly excited to be back on our number one radio station. And uh, certainly you do a fantastic job. I'm real impressed of your uh, ways that you can work the Twitter program. <laughs> 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 you and Donald are doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But anyways, it's, it's all good. Dennis, yeah, you know, so when, it's a, when we a lot going on. Yeah, we Go were ahead. communicating. You said you got a lot happening. So please give us an update. What's been going on? Well, uh, first of all, I think I want to give a big shout out to our friend and uh, a fellow advisory board uh, member, Donnie Hammond, for happy birthday. Uh, I I. I don't know if he's hit 50 yet. Last time I talked to him a little while ago, he was still 49. So I don't know exactly where he is in that, but I think he's getting real close. But uh, great story, though. But uh, so fortunately, after he was on the show last week, I got an email from him. and He wants me to go back to Mexico and caddy for him. Wow. Nice. Good April, for you. What, April what a match of that Just kidding. Just kidding. April <laughs> Fool's. <laughs> But I'll give you a quick little story about that. Uh, Donnie, when I was down there my first time caddying, I went down as a friend a bit more than anything else. And I was, uh, uh, Donnie had been reading and, and other players have been reading different psychological things and books about how you, you know, golf, you only play just maybe 10 minutes out of a round that you actually hit the ball. You know, the rest of the time you're walking and talking and just kind of 
observing the nature and a lot of things. And so they, they teach the players, and this may be good for some of your listeners, just to relax out there and have fun. You know, it's all about fun. I mean, Arnold said, Mr. Palmer said, if it becomes work, then I'm going to quit. You know, if it becomes a job, you know. And so right. basically in reading all this, they taught Donnie about, you know, look at the trees, look at the nature, look at the, you know, wonderful surrounding and the people having fun, look at the girls, whatever, just have a, a great time out there. So after about my first time catching, I was stiff as can be. The t- cameras were out there. The president of Mexico is walking around. I'm I'm nervous. And after a couple of holes, Donnie said, you come over here and get behind me and act like you're reading the putt or something. You're making me uncomfortable, you know? So I said, okay. I said, 21 handicappers helping reading the putt for a fantastic tour player. Won a couple of times, Bob Hope, Texas Open, a great guy. And uh, so I, I ran over and, and lead behind him, and, and he said, okay, what do you see? And I remember what he said about, you know, looking at the different scenery and stuff. I said, hit it to the blonde to the right. <laughs> <laughs> and and he everybody started laughing we started laughing and nobody knew what we were laughing about it. he didn't ask me to read any more putts after that so that's my my mexico <laughs> open story with donnie <laughs> but anyway moving along fantastic uh second uh, host uh, guest and uh avery and what a, a great thing to see these kids coming up and this is what this is what we're all about i mean this industry is finally realizing a couple of years ago that our work and trying to get kids back on the golf course, uh, like I started, you know, shagging balls and stuff and getting exposed to the game uh, through our Caddy for Kids program. We've uh, determined that uh, that most of the kids, if you get them out there and they see people and see Mr. Jones or Mrs. Jones making an eagle or making a birdie and getting excited, they're going to say, hey, this is a pretty cool game. You know, golf, caddying is cool. You know, golf is cool. And that's the word we got to get out there. And so that's what is happening. And the industry, the industry has come together, uh, with contacted us a couple of years ago and over 20 companies have come together, organizations and associations. And we'll be making a major announcement at the PGA show next year in Orlando. But basically, you know, it's, it's our vision, you know, to create new opportunities for kids to train and work as caddies and, uh, traditionally that both supports the game and prepares them for future not only just in in golf or you know caddying but it, future for life and you know the first tee is a fantastic program as it teaches life and, and and social skills but you know when you add in the element of what we're doing we teach the business element and the business element is that you have to be nice get a tip count your money give change back and you know and you take that money and go put it in a bank somewhere and save it and it teaches them a little bit more about life when you add the business element into it. So it's our vision, you know, uh, to populate the game and, and, and enriched uh, and populated by the youth uh, caddies and not just, you know, carrying the bag. I, I At least I, I see it. Some of the different companies see it differently. But I see it that there's three different kinds of caddies. There's a stationary caddy where you can just put somebody at a tee in a green and, and, and they greet Mr. Jones or coming up and, and then, you know, and spot the balls like a four caddy and, and then goes up the green and, you know, you help with the flag and break the trap. And all of a sudden they go into the next tee and then another, somebody else is there. And then you had the four caddy program, which is, uh, they'll actually go along with the golf cart in most cases. We're not trying to get rid of the golf revenue for the golf professionals and make sure, and the owners. And in fact, we're 
going to speed up the game by probably one group, maybe two groups, by having a four caddy out there. Because, you know, you and I are out there riding on the golf cart, and we drive up to the ball, and we get out and say, okay, how far are we and what we got? You know, we don't know where we are, Chris, but we've been talking. But if we were walking to our ball, you would actually be able to pace it off. You'll know where you are. You go to your ball, I go to my ball, and boom, boom, we keep moving. And so it is a faster pace. But, you know, as as caddies, young people will be exposed to the game of golf and its life lessons and integrity and teaches, you know, incredible learning. You know, having daily interaction around the game will provide a base for them, you know, for future golfers to involve. And furthermore, scholarship opportunities will be available for them, you know, professional contacts. And, you know, a lot of times caddies go on to be uh, working for corporations because they've played uh, caddy for Mr. Jones. And Mr. Jones likes it. You're a young man, no father, and you want to go to college, I'll send you to college. It happens a lot. People don't talk about it, but we're going to talk about it a lot because we believe that a national program that will provide support and help raise funds for not only our program and other programs out there uh, and the regional and local organizations is a key. You now, this whole success of growing the game uh, one caddy at a time, and that's what we do, and that's what we've been doing for 20 years. And we have emphasized the mentor relationship is probably one of the most important things of the golfer and the caddy, but, you know, when you you see Mr. Jones and you realize that he's just a really good guy, just like, you know, your preacher or your your boss baseball coach and, and just because he's successful doesn't mean he's any different than you are and you could be that person uh you know if you really applied yourself and and to college and academics and got a scholarship through caddy programs like they do at the western golf association and the we met foundation so that's kind of the platform of where we're going with this and there'll be a major announcement next year and we certainly invite anybody out there listening that would like to sit on the pca advisory board uh, as, as an advisory, please contact you or, or, or our organization, and, and we're, we, our hands are extended, and we need your help. Well, that's, you know, it's all fantastic stuff, Dennis, and, you know, we've talked, you know, over the last couple of times you've been a part of the show. You know, so many of today's, you know, pros, you know, not just, you know, playing out on the tour, but the PGA professionals, you know, they started out as caddies and you know uh, and it's such a great program it's such a great thing to help grow the game and get kids involved and that sort of thing we sort of lost that it, it felt like for a decade or two you know because you know caddies were replaced by golf carts but it's it's such a great thing that uh, that you are working to to bring that back and give that to you know give it to the kids right the opportunity to play the game learn the game and uh, you know the thing that you talk about as well that I think is equally as important are the social skills and the business skills so kudos to you guys for uh, for uh, going down this path and bringing caddies back to the game. Well, listen, I can put this on record. 2018 will be the year of the back of the caddies and and i think the industry's finally realized that this is the missing piece of the golf puzzle and we got off on a lot of other things and i think it's all coming back you know you gotta remember now it worked for 500 years why get rid of it you know <laughs> right. <laughs> right Dennis, one of the other so things it? i want to talk about is um is your blast and cast program to help kids beat cancer and also help our challenge veterans, you know, bring a smile back to, to their faces and, and doing great things for those veterans. Please talk about what that program is and and, uh, and how people can get more information about it. Well, this is our seventh year, and we've uh, actually are, are looking to take it on the golf, uh, the golf industry on the Monday and Tuesday tour events. And we've been given permission to uh, to approach the 
tournament directors, and we're trying to get sponsors at this point because it takes uh, somebody like a Dick Sporting Goods or, or Bass Pro Shop uh, to, to help. But basically, uh, we, we usually have 10, 15, 10 to 15 uh, kids that are recovering beating cancer, uh, I call it, uh, out there to a private pond, stock pond, or, you know, whether they can catch, not just fish. They, they, if they don't stand in the sun for a little bit, they want to catch. And, and we have a veteran assist them, uh, a challenge veteran to assist them, uh, and with that, and, and it's so rewarding. You know, you may have lost a limb and your eye and, and you, you know, and we appreciate your service. All you listeners out there, we really thank you so much. My brother, I lost my brother in Vietnam. So through Vietnam. So I know that feeling. But to have them out there and seeing this 10-year-old kid with a wonderful, wonderful attitude catching fish and didn't really like the fish, and all of a sudden you can't get in this close to this person's fishing spot, it's incredible. And I think the thing that really sticks out in my mind, there was a Vietnam veteran, about six foot three, big guy, that he sang Amazing Grace with is incredible. And he's over helping this wonderful 10-year-old girl, beautiful blonde hair, fish. And she's all of a sudden catching fish, and she's getting excited. He's, like, getting excited, helping her and seeing the, you know, the healing going on. And all of a sudden, she reaches up and grabs her wigs and throws it over to him. And he didn't, nobody knew she had a wig on. She says, it's getting in the way of my fishing. And he caught that wig, and this big man just started bawling like a baby. And it was just so rewarding. Gave me chills watching that. I said, we're on, we're on something good here. So I think getting kids and out in uh, elements with veterans and whether it be fishing, whether it be golf, or whether it be, you know, any kind of outdoor activity, hiking, camping, whatever, I think it's important that, that we bond, that they bond with these children and it gives them an opportunity to, to do some great things. And and just to top that off, you're if if you get the first 10 veterans that contact you or us, I will give them a free $150 training program for the caddies uh, to become a professional caddy, uh, as far as, uh, the certification program and the apprenticeship program. So, you know, I'm gonna offer that free to your veterans out there listening because I'm so honored to, to be on a station like yours that supports them. Ah, well, we really appreciate that, Dennis. That's fantastic stuff. So we'll be cer- certain to promote that and get you, get people involved with that. That's, uh, that's very kind of you, Dennis. Thank you. So Dennis, let's, let's talk a little golf. You know, as we look ahead to to the Masters next week, I'm curious to get you know some of your memories. What are some of your favorite caddy stories from either your experience or experiences that you've heard from from your peers about uh, being on the bag at Augusta National? Well, I had the opportunity. I didn't realize. I mean, I did realize it was a great opportunity, but I actually actually played the course in 2009 with one of our sponsors, and wow. so uh, my my biggest memory was. He was in his 70s, late 70s, and I had the hip, you know, surgery coming up, and I wanted to ask him about taking the golf car or something. If they have any, and he looked at me and he says, "Dennis, you want to play this course or you want to ride this course?" And I said, and "I looked at him and I said, I'm going to be walking right behind you, sir." <laughs> and so, I, I and the first hole, I turned to my caddy. And I said, let, here, hold, hold, let me hold this bag and you take a picture. He said, oh, I can't let you do that, sir. I can't let you hold the bag. And anyway, he let me hold it and I got the picture and I'll send it to you, but, uh, we can't, don't want to publish it. But it, it was, uh, my, that's probably my greatest experience of, of Augusta is getting to play it. Uh, and then there's only like 12 people out there that day and got to go into all the crow's nests. We got, went through the whole wow. facility out there. It's wonderful. But 
But I, I think uh, as far as stories, uh, there's so many of them. I think that stands out, and I was there, is certainly the Carl Jackson. It's in our book, Think Like a Caddy, Play Like a Pro, the book we did with Mr. Palmer and Ben Crenshaw, fantastic book. It teaches you about your inner caddy when you're out there by yourself and you hear that little voice that says, you know, lay up, don't go through that miracle hole. That's your inner caddy talking to you. It's really a voice from God. We call it inner caddy. And so basically that story stands out, and it's in the first of our book, that when Crenshaw flew back with Tom Kite, you know, to Texas to at the funeral of his wonderful Harvey Pinnock for his uh, funeral and came back, you know, to Augusta. You know he was all shook up and stuff. And Carl Jackson and him went on to win that Masters is probably, to me, uh, one of the greatest stories that I've witnessed and actually was there. And certainly the Jack Nicholas and his son, uh, what they accomplished. And uh, it's just a ma- magical week. And I encourage anybody, whether you're a golfer or not, please tune in and watch every minute, especially the Wednesday part three holes. That's a, that's a lot of fun. <clears throat> you're going to be up there, right? Yeah, we'll be there on Monday. My son and I are going to go up on Monday. So, uh, you know, we're you know, asking everyone to give us collective positive vibes because the, the forecast for Monday isn't, isn't great. So we're, uh, we're saying a prayer to God, you know, Hey, don't, please don't let it rain on, uh, on Monday or we don't want it to rain on anybody's experience there because it's such a beautiful place. It's my favorite place on the planet is Augusta National. You ever, you know, people know this and listen to the show a lot, Dennis, but I say it all the time. If you said, Chris, I'll pick you up and place you anywhere on the planet. Where do you want to be? I'll say Augusta National every time. I just love and, and uh, number the history two would be Pebble and the Beach. beauty sport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> two would be yeah. Pebble Beach. <laughs> that, that but no, it, it, it is a, it's a spiritual, magical, I don't care if you're a golf or not, when you walk into that place and you just stand there and you just, you just feel something really special. You really do. And, uh, and that's, I'm happy for you and your son. I w- hope you enjoy your time and I'll just be thinking about you. I appreciate that, Dennis. I want to talk a little bit more about your book because there's there's an interesting piece in, in the in the book, Dennis. You know, it's it's called Caddy Highs and Lows. A little section you've got in there, and in it it talks about Jean Van Devel's you know infamous implosion at the '99 Open Championship and his caddy Christophe Angelini and and what it you know he should have made Van Devel play the hole more conservatively. Shouldn't let him. Shouldn't have let him hit driver off the tee. And perhaps it, you know the same thing could be said about Bones McKay and with respect to Phil Mickelson back at the 2006 U.S. Open at Wingfoot when Phil double bogeyed 18 to lose that. But let us talk about what what is the role of the caddy in those kinds of moments when you're watching your player start to fall apart. What should a good caddy do? Well, I think the uh, for, I tell a lot of the people that go through our education program over twenty eight thousand now and used at fifty top clubs, including Pebble and for the independent contractors and and uh, you know Pinehurst. That uh, I tell them, you know, the first thing they need to do, and this would apply for you know maybe today the pro doesn't want you to talk to him. Maybe he's not in that kind of mood. Maybe the pro wants you to to needs more encouragement that day. Everybody's you know psyche changes every day. Uh, fortunate or unfortunate so i think they need to have that conversation before they tee off what kind of day is it going to be we're gonna have a great day and i want you to encourage me and you know whatever so i think that that needs to be established from the start i do i believe and and the caddy can only do what the player is comfortable with him doing so that's if that you know the groundwork is laid from the start then he's going to pump him up He's going to slap him on the back, you know, today, you know, you, that you see him fish, the caddy fish pump all the time, sometimes, you know, it's, they, 
people and then you got the chicken walk you know it's so different the caddies do so you know there's there needs to be that groundwork needs to be for player relationships same way as in relationship with your family your wife or your kids you know there needs to be that foundation needs to be there and it's hopefully it's spiritually based you know so that's how how i believe that you take it it's, it's certainly it's case by case i mean uh, what you do with the masters and the last day and your one shot i lose may be different than when you're what you would do uh if you're in last place you may want to you know do some crazy stuff so to try with just for practice you know because as a lot of the pros they reach a point out there that they're out they're so far out of it out of the money and it really doesn't matter. They actually are just playing the last day for practice, you know, for next year. Dennis, just a couple more before we let you go. And, and you, as you mentioned a moment ago, you know, the thought of encouraging me. You know, Dennis, I had uh, Dan Quinn on the show recently, and, and we talked about his time caddying for Ernie Els. And, and one of the things we talked about was how important it is for caddies to keep every thought on the positive side. When you're talking with your player about, you know, strategy on a hole, you don't say things like don't hit it left because there's water over there. You don't oh, implant yeah. <laughs> that sort of negative fire. Instead you talk <laughs> about, Yeah, you, you talk yeah. about, you know, the positive. Hey, I love it up the right side on this fairway. That's where they talk about how important it is to keep, you know, positive thoughts in your player's head. Well, you know, certainly uh, you know, you probably heard about, you know, a lot of times if a if an animal runs across the fairway when you're getting ready to hit and you and you, that's the last thing that you're in your mind. You'll usually probably hit the ball subconsciously right where the animal went in the woods. So that's why it's important to step back and go back to your whole routine and refocus. Because if you look at Jack Nicholas, and uh, it's all about focus. They're all, most of the great players, all of them, stand behind their ball and look down the fairway. What they're doing is they're they're visualizing their ball at 300 yards down the, you know, right of the trap, left of the trap, or whatever they want to land it at. And, uh, I, I think that, uh, it's real important that, uh, that they have a, the teamwork that Bones and, and Phil have, you know, it's, it's incredible to watch them work, but that's, that's it. It's a team effort out there anymore. And I think that's important that people realize that. And, and just a, a, a side note here, uh, a wonderful person I met at the PGA show, Debbie Wackless and Kim, uh, Debbie has written a great book called Your Guide to Getting in the game and it's a wonderful book that, that tells you a lot about this about people don't know what to do when they get on the golf course they you know pretty much uh, especially if they're a new player you know it's not a handbook that comes with it you know and you know you go to a ski lodge and they break you up into sections and you know you, you're for the rack red you're a beginner and they have some instructors there to, to take care of you well you know they don't really have that at the golf industry and that's one of the areas that we need to work on to make sure that we can take care of all levels that come up there uh, whether it be uh, from the physical lesson itself or even from the mental side and, and, and teaching them course manage like we do in our book, Think Like a Caddy, Play Like a Pro. And Dennis, you know, uh, we had fellow Hall of Fame caddy Tom Dreesen on the show a couple ah. of weeks ago, a guy who grew up caddying in Chicago. You guys inducted him in 2009. Talk about your relationship with Tom and why he got inducted. What a great guy. I met, met him several times with uh, Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton did our song that we, uh, that we are going to release this year. It played at Bruce Edwards funeral called Five Feet Away. And I met Tom up there and I found out his story. And you, I don't know if you, you can find him also. If you go to, uh, Dennis Cohn, Caddy Hall of Fame, you can, there's a segment up there that Tom did about a 10 minute piece on how he got involved in caddying and where he came from and his dad owning it. Going to the bar all the time, he said as a kid, he thought 
he thought that he probably told you this, you know, he said, they thought that was success was to be able to own a bar one day. Cause that's where he went all the time, you know, with his dad. So it's a really great story. Tom is just, uh, you can't find a better, I mean, in fact, the comedians that I know who did that one minute piece they did for me, he told me that the comedians that Tom, Tom is kind of like the Frank Sinatra of the comedians. I mean, he, you know, Tom opened with Frank Sinatra for many, many years, 15 years, I think. And for, for comedians to say that about Tom, your own peers talking that way, it's an honor to be around Tom. He's such a joy. And hats off to you, Tom. I uh, love you, brother. Absolutely. Dennis, before we let you go, remind our listeners again about, you know, how they can, you know, A, follow you, get more information about the Professional Caddies Association, and uh, stay up to date with all the great things you guys are doing. Well, there's a lot of information out there. Uh, just uh, Google in uh, Dennis Cone uh, Caddy Association uh, YouTube, and there's about 25 YouTubes up there. I'm going to have time to put more up there. I will be working on it. But it's uh, PCAWorldwide.com is our main site, and it filters down to a couple other sites. And we're doing a, a international uh, site that's going to be based out of uh, UK and Ireland that I'll be telling you about the first of the year too. The world, the Dennis, World Caddy Association, World Caddy Association. There you go, Dennis. It's always such a joy to get to spend some time with you. It's never enough because the time flies by, and so many things to talk to you about, and you know, so many great things that that you and the organizations that you're associated with are, are doing for kids, for for our veterans, and so many others as well. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Hope you'll come back again and uh, join me again soon. Like I say, it's always so much fun. All right, and real important, we'll close with this. We need nominations for the Caddy Hall of Fame through the Western Golf Association all over the world. Please, anybody that knows somebody's caddy for 10 years, contact us and give us that nomination. We're looking for that person, especially females. All right, very good. We'll work on that for you as well. Dennis, thanks for being here. Catch up with you again soon in between now and then, Dennis. All the best to you and your family, my friend. Thank you there, number one radio show. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. Caddy on. Take care. We'll Caddy on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care, Dennis. That is, again, Hall of Fame caddy Dennis Cohn and uh, the founder of the uh, Professional Caddies Association, doing so many great things for, for kids with cancer, doing great things for our veterans out there, and so many other organizations. They're great people. He's great people. So please check him out and follow him and stay up to date with all the great things Dennis is doing. Again, always such a joy to get to spend some time with him. All right, before we get to my next guest, Avery and Ivan Swag, I want to remind you about our friends over at Orange Whip and makers of the Orange Whip Trainer. If you haven't checked out the Orange Whip yet, folks, you you really need to take a look at it. What a great way to limber up before your rounds, improve your club head speed, or just, you know, kind of, you know, as we, you know, for, for some of our listeners out there that, you know, are just actually starting to uh, find their golf clubs again because winter is finally coming to an end and you need to shake the rust off your golf swing, well, no better way to do it than with, with the Orange Whip. Folks, it's just a wonderful piece of equipment. My father, 73 years old, plays five days a week. He's using the Orange Whip to loosen up before his rounds. It's helping me get loose before my rounds and, and, and improving my club head speed. Take a look at what a great, great training aid that it is. And I wouldn't say it, folks, if I wasn't using it myself. Go online to see for yourself at orangewhiptrainer.com. And folks, you know what, you know, how, uh, we like to keep things on the positive side right here on Next on the T and have a positive approach both in life and on the golf course. Well, I'm excited to announce a new partnership that we have with the folks over at sinkit.com. You know, keep putting, you know, keep putting that, you know, positive thought 
in your mind when you're standing over your putts and you can do that, you know, throughout your life with their great t-shirts, great hats that they have, you know, to win any golf tournament, right? You got to sink the final putt. We wake up, you know, every day to finish strong, sink the putt, close the deal, work hard, whatever it is, get better each and every day of our lives. Well, have the confidence to push forward, you know, towards your dreams and whatever you're trying to accomplish in life. Have an unwavering passion about what you do and you're going to sink it in life, just like they talk about all the time uh, with our friends over there at sinkit.com. So check out their great T-shirts, their great hats, and give yourself a positive note in, the, in your brain every time you look at yourself in the mirror. Your friends look at you, or you look at, you know, the, the friends you have, share that with them. Sinkit.com. Great folks. I also want to send out a big thank you to our good friends over at Podbean for making Next on the T and our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, regularly featured podcast on their website and on their mobile app as well. You can see us featured right there on their homepage and in their sports and recreation section. We really appreciate their support and what they're doing to promote our shows. It means a great deal to us. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, well, we hope you're doing it via the Podbean podcast app and on their app you can get instant updates every time we publish a new episode it's free it's got great features to let you easily discover listen and even publish a podcast for yourself whether you use an android or an iphone podbean is the app for your podcasting needs get it now on the google play store or in the apple app store so you can enjoy more of the podcasts that you love and we hope two of them are next on the t and thursday night tailgate again podbean.com all right, we'll get to my next guest, Avery and Ivory Zwag, on the other side of this station identification. You're listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line are Avery and Ivan Swag. Let me give you some more background on Avery. She is a 10-year-old phenom. She is the number one ranked player in the world for high school graduating class of 2025 on the junior golf scorecard scoreboard, I should say. Last year, she won the, the World Stars of Junior Golf Championship. She finished fourth at the U.S. Kids World's Championship. She was so good that she played in the 11- and 12-year-old bracket at the IMG World Championship, becoming the youngest uh, person to ever play in that flight she you know in all she won 11 tournaments last year including the u.s kids texas open the u.s kids texas state invitational and the doral public's junior classic and knowing them like i do i i would bet you know both of them would tell you this that even more important than those tournament wins is avery being awarded the 2016 peggy kirk bell humanitarian award for raising over forty thousand dollars for cancer patients with her win green campaign and i am thrilled to have them both back with me and next on the tee this morning. Hey, Avery. Hey, Ivan. Thanks for coming back on the show. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. Avery, how are you? Good. <laughs> Grinding it out every so, day. No doubt. Avery, let me start with you this morning. So, you know, catch us up on your Win Green campaign because what started out as a you know, really wonderful idea to raise money for kids dealing with cancer that you essentially did by yourself back in 2015 grew to you and a couple of friends last year out on tour. And, and now I'm seeing that, you know, I'll call it sort of Avery's army, if you will. You got, you know, 50 elite golfers from around the world helping you raise money to fight pediatric cancer. Talk about what you're doing. Well, um, the first year this happened when we came up with the idea, um, I raised money by myself um, for my janitor who had lung cancer. I raised eight th- a total of $8,000, and then uh, we were going to do it next year, but on Facebook, four people right before it started said um, they wanted to, they wanted to uh, pitch in. So um, so then this we weren't expecting that, 
And um, this is kind of just a curveball for us. I was going to do it all on my own. But we were, we uh, we let them come in, and um, and our goal was to raise $25,000, and we blew through that, raising 29000 Who did you raise it for? And we raised it for um, a two-year-old boy with neuroblastoma from Louisiana and um, and St. Jude as well. And then this year, we're raising money for a nine-year-old girl with, with leukemia uh, from here in Dallas, where I'm from. And mm-hmm. it, I said... What's her name? Okay. You want to say her name again real quick? Her name is Sadie Keller. Mm-hmm. So... Avery, talk about, you know, the genesis to do. Why is this cause so important to you? Well, um, it's just really important to me because um, I'm really lucky to have the problems of being on the golf course and, like, a double bogey is the worst I'm going to get when kids out there have cancer. It's, um, It's just, it's really... It gives me a lot of perspective um, on my life and how lucky I am. So it's just really important because um, other kids shouldn't be should should um, they shouldn't have they shouldn't not have normal lives just because of what they have. So um, I think that's just very important. Wow, that's fantastic! Good perspective as well. Good for you. And Avery, Ivan, you know, for our listeners who want more information, right? They're intrigued. They want to get more involved to see how either they can donate or do something and be a part of what you guys are putting together. How can they do that? Yeah, you go to wingreencampaign.com and, uh, they can, this year, we used to do it where they could, they basically had to pledge an amount. And then every time the, the player you were sponsoring won, they would, uh, donate that amount they pledged. So say it was $20 and Avery wins a tournament, they're going to pledge $20. And and they would play their schedule for the, you know, the three, four months during the summer. But this year, because of the uh, limited administrative capacity, we'll call it, with just being me and, and Rick Green from Two Seam Train, we can't manage 50 people's schedules. So it actually worked out better with 50 kids. We've got a, a, a huge raffle with some incredible prizes, a set of PXG irons and a fitting out at, out at headquarters. Um, some once in a lifetime ex- experiences with the Martine McBride concert VIP experience. Um, there's a VIP tour of a major Hollywood studio. So we've got all, we've had a lot of generosity and support. And so you can do one time donations as well on there. And every hundred dollars you donate, you're able to win possibly one of those prizes. So it's pretty exciting this year. Uh, I, I never expected the, the kid, the, the, the new kids to be so excited. It's almost like they're, they're so excited to just be part of the fundraising team in addition to playing golf and having fun while doing it. Yeah, that's fantastic stuff. Kudos to you guys. And, again, it's wingreencampaign.com. See how you can get involved and be a part of this great movement. Avery, talk about your goals for this year. What have you got, what have you got your sights on to achieve in 2017? Well, this year we have 50 kids, and um, our goal is to raise $100,000 for uh, Sadie um, and uh, St. Jude. But... Um, I think he's asking your golf. What about golf? Oh, That's golf? why you're doing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, I really do... I want to qualify for the U.S. Open, and um, this is my first time trying to qualify, and I'm, I'm 10. So um, I just want to go out there and see, um, see how well I do. I'm not 
I'm not saying I can't qualify, it just, I don't know, but um, I'm going to do that. And 36 holes, too. It's 36 holes, so I have been, like, training every morning, which is kind of a drag when you do it, um, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, Six in the morning, tw- two, three times a week, but she's she's a trooper. But it it really pays off, um, like, it went in the summer. Well, I've actually just noticed it now, like, uh, it'll be really, I'll be on a really hilly course and I have to push my cart and, um, and I, I just won't be tired because of the fact that I've been working so hard earlier in, in the year. So I think, uh, qualifying for the U.S. Open and I have some other USGA goals. I want to qualify for the U.S. girls in the U.S. amateur. Um, but those are pretty much my biggest goals for this year. And to the end, you know, you talk about your training regimen, and Avery, I've been keeping track of you since we had you on the show last year, and I followed the videos that, you know, your mom and dad publish of you, and, you know, not just for your golf performances, but like you talk about your workout regimen. Talk about, you know, you, you know, you talk about, you know, two or three days a week what you're doing. Talk about what your training regimen is like and how that's helping you improve your play. Yeah, so like Tuesday, you know, Tuesday. Oh, give him a give him okay. a give him a day in the life of Avery on Tuesday. What do you do on Tuesday? So Tuesday. I train I train Tuesday Thursday, and um, let's say for example it's a Tuesday. So um, I set my alarm for five forty five. I wake up at five forty five. Well, wake up, um, and then I get dressed, and then we head to Cooper, which is like right next door from our house, Cooper Aerobic Center, and. Um, and then I train with my, I, oh, and then I go on the stairmaster and warm up, and then I train with my trainer Taylor, and uh, and every day is like plyometrics with her, so it's it's um it's hard, and I get sore a lot, but it works out. And then um. You're done by what time? And I'm done by 7:20. Yep. 7:20, and then my mom picks me up from the gym, and then um I go home and go go to school just like a normal kid. And I also read, Avery, that you're doing some yoga as well. How is that How is that helping you? Well, I am a mess uh, because I, I like, I get sore <laughs> all the time because of training. It is so weird. But yoga kind of helps me stretch out and then I'll say, hey, my hips are um, are tight or my legs, my leg is bothering me. And uh, and my yoga instructor uh, will tell me, uh, will say, can we do this pose? I'll say yes. So it kind of helps my body stretch out. And it's also kind of a workout, too, because um, when you think of yoga, you think of like downward dog and like stretching poses. But it is a lot more than that. It is a it's hard once you get to the harder poses, like headstands and stuff. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just um it's pretty it's pretty hard. And Ivan, it would be easy for someone on the outside looking in at a at a ten year old girl who plays, practices, and trains as hard as Avery does, and think, well, you know, here's her dad pushing her to do this sort of thing. But that's not the case. For Avery, she actually is more driven than you might want her to be at times. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's a good point. And, and yes, um, you know, every year after the U.S. kids' worlds are over, uh, we that's kind of the end of our golf fiscal year and school's about to start. So 
the last two years, she's been old enough to kind of uh, assess where she is and, and understand what she wants to do the next year. And so she was adamant that she wanted to try and make the U.S. Open this year. And I kind of was not in doubt, but just shaking my head like, well, you got to get a lot stronger. And she looks at me kind of funny. What do you mean? And I'm, you got to train and you've got to get a lot stronger because you're going to be at a disadvantage because of your age and your size. So you've got to get really strong so you can, one, make it through 36 holes in the qualifier. Uh, two, your your caddy has to get stronger so he can walk 36 holes, which he's never had to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, but but seriously, you know, and she she said, okay, well, what does that mean? I said, well, I think you're going to have to start training before school, such as that as as terrible as that sounds, because otherwise, the two or three days a week you strength train, if you do it after school, you're not going to be able to practice. You need recovery time, and so the first couple of weeks she was doing it, so she was all in, by the way. So then we start like after the first week of school, we started it. And she was exhausted like the whole day pretty much. But after like the second or third week, she was, she had enough recovery time and was perfect by the time we picked her up after school and, and she was ready to roll and go have practice. And she's, I mean, she's made huge gains. I don't know if she even realizes it, but she's probably added 20 or 30 yards of carry, um, in a significant amount of distance. We made an equipment change to PXG, which also added another 12 yards of carry on her iron. So, you know, she filled in probably a 30 or 40 yard gap of carry that she was missing before. So she can hit a 140 yard shot now into a green, which doesn't sound like a lot to an adult. But for kids, when, when she was maxing out at 110, I mean, she's basically having to aim around bunkers and everything else to get to get it close to the hole. Um, and a lot of times it would roll off. But now when you can hit a 140 yard shot high up in the air and it'll stop reasonably. Uh, I mean, it was a game changer right away. And, and Avery, you're progressing so rapidly. Not only are you playing, you know, up a division at times against, you know, 11 and 12 year olds, but you're also competing and winning, oh, by the way, in the 18 and under bracket as well against girls who are a great deal bigger than you are. How do you keep from letting the girls who are so much bigger than you from intimidating you? Well, before I answer this, I'd just like to add, it, um, on my first week of training, I was doing girls on the run and training. And I literally slept, like, um, 16 hours. Like, I went to sleep at 5.30 and woke up the next morning at 7. So, I was, that wow. gives you perspective. <laughs> <laughs> we changed up the two That's days. Great. Uh, dad made, dad made an, a little bit of a judgment error. because She was running after school, like, two or three miles, and she was exhausted. But here, answer your question. <laughs> but to answer your question, um... I really don't know. I just don't let them get to me. Uh, my dad has always uh, told me that putting and short game is where it all comes down to because um, in the end, you, you're you not going to um, make a hole-in-one to win a tournament. You're going to make a putt to win a tournament. And um, it's just – I'm not sure. I, I've, I've really never been intimidated by their size because I know um, – that that uh, ball striking doesn't really matter. Um, so it matters, but the short game is what the short game is what gets your score. And she's been that that's kind of never changed, and that's instilled in her head almost every single day when we practice. And uh, so that so she she doesn't really and really you focus on your own game, right? I mean, you just don't focus on the other people. It's yeah, it. 
and I that that's really really that's that's why um I I just never been intimidated by it. And Ivan, do do the other girls and and, and their parents or coaches do they accept I, Avery playing in the older divisions, or do they look down on that and they maybe have some level of resentment that? Someone, you know, her age and her size is now up there competing against the older girls. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of horror stories from some of the older that we really look up to and have kind of modeled Avery after. Um, and I, knock on wood, we haven't really had a bad experience. Um, I think the worst experience we had was in the 11 and 12 year old division at Worlds last year. And she was paired with the girl that actually won. Uh, from Japan and this girl drives it so far and she, but she doesn't speak any English. And it was funny. We had never seen this before. She, she hits it, you know, Avery hits a nice drive and then this girl bombs at like 60 yards past her. And then she did something we've never seen before. She, she gets her cart and starts jogging and then sprints and kind of almost tried to run Avery off the cart path and Avery didn't even really realize what was going on, and I'm not allowed to talk to her in that age division. So afterwards, I said, did you see when she kind of sprinted and kind of dusted you or tried to, you know, run right by you? And she's like, no. I said, well, yeah, she was trying to kind of intimidate you, and it obviously didn't work because you still don't even realize it happened. <laughs> but it was just kind of funny. Wow. Uh, she, she's very focused, and I don't. And I think the more uh, she gets into this and playing the higher – in players, they probably will try some head games, and I think that will most likely motivate her, and she'll be like almost offended that they're doing that, and, and it'll make her play better. It usually does when she that she kind of channels that into focus when she gets offended, and it's only happened a few times so far. And there was also this one thing that she, another thing that she did, I would, um, she would be putting on the putting green, uh, putting on the green, and um, and I would be standing like like, uh, behind the hole, but a few feet over to the right or to the left, and she'd, like, she, because she doesn't speak any English, she'd, like, squat at me to move, which yeah. was kind of weird. I've never seen that before. <laughs> she wasn't very polite about it. You know, like, you could, you could move your hand and say, hey, can you move, please, even with just a hand gesture, but she was, like, swatting, like, angrily, like, get out of the way. It was, it, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. It was a good, uh, it's all great experience, because you don't kid yourself. The older they get, and, um, closer in skill some of those players especially on the the boys side they, they're going to talk a lot of smack and um she's got to learn to handle it and, and channel that into actual uh great performance instead of uh you know getting intimidated and cowering or whatever speaking of intimidating avery this is the time that you can make us all feel badly about ourselves but at 10 years old and you you talk about you know gaining distance and that sort of thing how far are you typically driving the ball now well, I recently just um, hit my longest drive, which is 260 yards. Um, wow. It was down, downhill, but I still had to hit it pretty solid. Um, but uh, on average, I probably hit it around like 220, 225. That's nice because, you know, I, I, I could see myself standing up there. Now I'm going to be out, out driven by a 10-year-old girl, which is you know, phenomenal. Good for you for, uh, for all the work <laughs> you're putting in and the, and the, and the things you're doing. So, Ivan, Thanks. and I'm sure you you talked about, you know, the, the recent switch to PXG, and I, I'm sure, you know, you have equipment companies coming at you and courting Avery all the time. 
what's what's that like you know being you know sort of the the person in the middle that you know people are trying to get you know get in their ear get in their head and then at what point can Avery actually be officially allowed to be sponsored by someone is is that allowed now or does she have to be a certain age before that's okay well first thing PXG gives gives away nothing so it's a, that was a very painful and expensive check to write but uh <laughs> I, I and I was very yeah, but I'd tell you they were worth every penny. We, we I was very skeptical um, going into the fitting, but everybody kept telling me, hey, you're going to add distance and more importantly, height. And so we got on the track, man. He he was great. Uh, the fitter, he had, Ryan Sawyer, he had a um, a shaft already there because they fit their demo set is like they're like screw ins. And so we uh, so she was hitting she was actually hitting her Callaway Apex very well in like 110 carry, you know. But it was landing just short of this false front on this green on the back of the range. And then she he gets their seven iron out. And the first one she hits, it goes visibly higher. And it carried all the way past the false front to the flag. I'm like, okay. So then I was thinking, well, they must have this thing bent, you know, as a six iron. Because that was what the Callaway Diablos did a few years ago. And so everybody thought they were hitting their pitching wedge 160 yards. And they were really hitting a nine iron. And all my buddies bought them and were all excited about it. And then they realized the, the they were just bent strong. So, but no, there's no, <laughs> there is no, there's no witchcraft or anything with the PXGs. It was awesome. They, they were, it was like 10, about 10 feet higher. The track man told you, but you could visibly see that it was higher and it was going about 10, 12 yards longer. And I was like, wow. And, um, because before we couldn't really hit the six iron with the apex very well, it would never stop rolling. But her six iron, like I mentioned before, we were able to put that in the bag instead of using a hybrid six iron. So instead of the longest club before that was 110 yards with a seven iron that would go high enough and stop on the green reasonably. Now we were able to add a six iron and she can hit that 135, 140. So that's a third, like I was, like I was saying, it's a 30 yard gap we filled in. So it was really important. So for her to play these white and uh, red tee events, she's got to be able to hit at least that distance and get it close to the hole or you're really in trouble. Um, so to answer your question about the equipment, it's not, it's not as crazy as you think. Um, I think Alexa Pano probably has a lot more people banging down her door. She's 12 and probably the best player in the world, you know, 12, 13, 14, or she's darn close. And, um, but we, we have had some, you know, people offer stuff and, you, you there's I don't even know what the rules are because we really haven't gotten a lot of free stuff, but you can get certain things for free. You definitely can't profit off of it like you can't take money, but you can take equipment and and other things. Um, obviously, nothing crazy and you can't go resell it, but it is nice because she and she's earned it and, and they want they want the elite players using their stuff. So um, it's it's been a it's been a little bit helpful because it's a very expensive uh, year, year in, year out, and it's getting more expensive. So, Avery, just a couple more before we let you guys go, but um, who are some of the players out on tour, you know, on the LPGA side or the PGA Tour that uh, are your favorite players to watch? I know at one point you were a big Jordan Spieth fan. I still am, but um, I I really like Brittany Lang, especially because she won the U.S. Open this year, and we've kind of were we're starting to kind of get in the mental side of it because I'm getting to the age now where I have to be careful of um, my mentality on the golf course because uh, putting and a lot of things out there are mental. And um, we we kind of just realized that she has a great mental side on her 
meaning that she'll hit a bad shot and she'll just think, how am I going to recover from this? She won't dwell on it. And, um, and she's just a great person to follow. I also like Lydia Ko and, um, and Jordan Spieth as well. So, Avery, before we let uh, you and your father go, remind our listeners about, you know, how, again, how they can get involved with you know, the Win Green campaign and then, you know, stay up to date and follow you on social media as well. Well, um, if they want to follow me on, on social media, um, Avery's Why Golf is my Facebook, I believe. And um, if you if, if you'd like to donate or just learn more about the 50 Kids Playing, anything like that, um, you can go to wingreencampaign.com. Ivan, what's next That's for it. the two of you? What's uh, what's coming up on the schedule? She's got a she's got a good couple of tournaments this next uh, next couple of weeks. We're going to San Diego and playing. Uh, we're actually playing against the number one and the number four player in the world players in the world that are uh, class of 2023, and they'll be in. Um, it'll be in San Diego, and uh, that's going to be really fun. Um, Karen Suru and Nelani Sam, and she, so she's playing them next weekend, or in their group, I should say. Um, there's a field of 20 or so. so. That'll be a good preview for IMG Worlds, the 11 and 12. Again, Avery's playing up again, which is kind of unorthodox, but we didn't want to play the par three course, which is what they play when they're 10 and under. And um, and then, then after that, we're playing in a, a an event in Las Vegas the following week, which will be closer to her own age yardage, but it's an 11 and 12 event to get some elite players and then we're home for a while and she's got she'll have the u.s open qualifier i think we're going to go to minnesota and um that that's going to be may 31st um and then before you know we will be playing 70 days of summer she'll be playing about 40 or 50 of them and she wouldn't have it any other way (laughs) we're playing tournaments (laughs) that's outstanding can you know Congratulations, and you know, on all the success to this point, and and you know, the great stuff that you're doing with the Wind Green campaign. I can't thank you both enough for coming back and and joining me on the show. Best of luck with all of your goals this year, Avery. We're rooting hard for you. I hope you'll come back, uh, you know, sometime this summer and update us on all the great things that you're doing. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Chris. And uh, I we enjoy your your your. Uh social media is very very positive and it's it's really nice to see that with a lot of negativity that's out there so please keep it up and it inspires us every day when you when you put that stuff out there so thank you absolutely you're thank you for saying that and thank you very much ivan the best of luck to both of you good luck and we look forward to catching up with you guys real soon you got it thank you take care that's uh, Avery and Ivan Zweig, you know, and you, you, a, a better pair you won't find. And uh, what a, what a talented young girl Avery is. And boy, you know, her longest drive, 260 yards, and averaging out there 222, 30. Boy, you know, it, that that's a, that's a way to you know kill my morale when I go out there and and, and tee it up. But uh, good luck, good to, good for her. The Wind Green campaign is outstanding. Please see how you can get involved with that. They're doing such wonderful things. All right, folks, it's about time to put a bow on this episode. But, you know, before we close up shop, we always like to remind you about the uh, the, the great things that uh, that they're doing at the uh, Salute Military Golf Association, our good friend Jim Estes. Let's hear a reminder from Jim. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. 
Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S. If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, folks, they do some amazing things, and they continue to do it over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Please, to find out more information and how you can get involved, go to smga.org. All right, everybody, my sincere, sincere thanks again to Dennis Cohn and Avery and Ivan Swag for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did half as much as I did being a part of it, uh, then uh, we're doing some good things. Please give me your thoughts. Check out our page, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascara. You can find it on Facebook. Share your thoughts, your feedback. Plus, if you've got a question for one of our future guests or one of the ones we've had previously on the show, please let me know. I'll be glad to uh, get that either on the air for you or pass it along and get the answer for you. Please also go online to our website, nextonthetee.net. You can see who our future guests are going to be right there, and you can listen to any of our archive episodes for free right there on our website. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio or over on the Armed Forces Radio Network as well. That show, like this one, also available as a free podcast on Podbean and iHeartRadio, so you can stream us you know, on either one of those apps. Take us with you, take us with you everywhere you go by listening on, on your smartphone as well. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends who are coming on to share their stories you know, from their playing days, share their insights from today's game as well. Plus, we highlight two players doing great things in their communities every week in our Spotlight on the Positive segment, so please check that out as well. And again, you can find both shows online. This one, next on the T.net or ThursdayNightTailgate.com. Folks, thank you for choosing to listen to this show. We know you've got hundreds of podcasts and, and shows you have the opportunity to stream out there. We really appreciate the fact that you're making Next on the T one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the T with Christmas Carol. Where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors, and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Saturday to hear more stories about the game we love. From the people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf.